Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On The Line. It's Tuesday, October 18th, and here's what to expect on today's show. We have an interview with the most recent Manhattan Invitational Eastern States Boys Championship winner, Devin Kipheo. We'll recap the weekend talk commitments, recruited classes. We'll give you some nutty comb, underclassmen highlights, and we'll have more athlete comps for you. We'll end the show with a preview of the Utah State Championships, which takes place on Tuesday, October 25th. I'm Corey Mall here with my amazing co-hosts, Olivia Ekbenay and Ashley Titians. It's another big week on Mile Split, but really... Every week is a big week on mile split. So if you're listening in the gym, in the car, you know, if you're cutting the grass somehow, uh, you can find us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. In the coming weeks, we'll be hitting the road harder with recruiting content, the cross-country postseason, and much more. Make sure to keep locked on mile split. If you have a college commitment to share, send it to signings at milesplit.com. Olivia and Ashley. You've been killing it recently with the content game, and I want each of you to kind of go into detail about some things you've published recently on the site. Olivia, I'll start with you first. Yes. Yeah, so this past Monday, which was October 17th, Milesplit released its latest film, Amber Schultz's video, where she describes her journey with her eating disorder and just overcoming her recovery. And the week before that, we dropped Ali Ostrander's piece. So two amazing pieces already on the site. So if you hadn't had a chance to check them out, go ahead and do so. They're quite inspiring young ladies. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff there. Uh, Ashley, yourself, something just came out today. That's right. Yes, we're actually starting a new weekly series on Mile Split. We're calling it The Podium, where we're featuring highlights from athletes across the country. If you PR'd by a minute, you could be featured on this. I mean, so basically each week we're going to feature four performances from athletes over the weekend, sent in kind of by state editors. We'll start getting submissions from, you know, our audiences as well. And if you want to be featured on this on our Instagram, our Twitter, our website, if you want to see your face on there, uh, you know, be sure to, you know, reach out to us on Instagram. You can reach out to me on Instagram as well if you want to be featured. Shout out to Ashley's Instagram. All right, uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next portion of our show. We're going to have St. Raphael Academy senior Devin Kibiego, the most recent Manhattan Invitational Eastern States winner. He went for broke on Van Cortland Park course. He won in 12-14, opened his season earlier in 14-57 for 5K at Ocean State, and he looks to be among the national title contenders this year. A four-flat four miler last year and a 548 national champion steepler. 
Devin's got huge goals uh, to end the 2022 season and, and into 2023. So, Devin, thank you for being on our show. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Yeah. Let's start with Eastern States. 12-14 uh, on that course. You really ran well. You were 25 seconds faster than you were a year ago, though. How do you feel about your performance? Um, you know, I look back at it and I, I really thought I did good. You know, I think um, doing the circumstances, like I was running by myself, going up the hills, I didn't really have anything, anybody to help me with. So I was like, you know, I think overall, I think I had a good race. I think I could have done better um, with training. I think training has been really good. I think I could have done a little bit better, but I think overall, I think we had a good success and so we were kind of just going into championship season. I think this was a good race to have. Absolutely. And you started your season a little later in September, a little bit later traditionally than you have in the past um it looks like you may be planning for a longer season or maybe an end point in december is that your goal and what's sort of the plan looking forward and ahead yeah no i think i'm really taking from a college standpoint you know how a lot of colleges don't really race um they really don't only do championship racing they probably do two invites to invite um and then it really goes into regionals and um you know divisions. so i think that's kind of where i'm taking it out of um and I think I'm really focusing on becoming an NCAA um, a national champion. Um, and that's kind of the goal. Um, and also a lot of it is, you know, I've been taking a lot of college visits. So traveling a lot has been a little bit harder for me. Um, you know, not just like training wise, you know, just more training than really uh, racing. So, yeah. So, Devin, I know we had a chance to connect at the Manhattan College Cross Country Invitational. You have a few races underneath your belt, and I know you just mentioned that you've been taking some college visits, so it's not like a normal cross country season for you. You're you're looking ahead into your future, but just kind of knowing where you are right now when it comes to your training and just the races that you put together, how are you feeling that your season is progressing this year? I think it's going really good. You know, I think um, the other day I was in Kentucky. I did um, a really good 15-mile long run. Um, at 544 pace, you know, at going hills, you know, going like 800 elevation up. So I think that was really good. You know, I've been having really good workouts, really focusing on the hills a lot more um, just because I know NXN is a pretty hilly course. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, this type of season is going to be more of a race to win. Um, so I think I'm really looking forward to the race to win because I've always done that as how I always learned. So yeah, I'm really excited for this. That's awesome. Now, over the last few weeks, you know, the Mile Split crew here has realized that you've been going after some records. That's kind of been your theme for this 2022 cross-country season. What are some of the things that you're working towards now as we move later into the championship part of the season? Yeah, no. So I think a big one is getting the state course record. Uh, DJ Principe had that at 1456. Uh, it's a pretty pretty good course. Um, so I think, I think I still have that. I think I that's seeing me, I can do it. And then um, the week after that, it'll be New England's. Aiden Cox will be there. He's a really good runner. He's been, I think he put up 4.30, four when was it? Um, it was a pretty good time. And I think, you know, he's going to be a pretty good competitor to race against. Um, and then, you know, NXR, uh, he comes back at NXR. I think that was going to be a big race to do um, to kind of prove my point that I could be a national contender. And then you go at NXN. And I think that's kind of where, you know, I'm going after Lex the honor Simeon um Hunter you know there's a bunch of guys that are just crazy this year and I think um it's been really deep this year and I think we can really show um the country like that you know class 2023 20, is probably one of the best classes we ever had 
Devin, what do you think has been the biggest lesson you've learned so far this season? I mean, you've had all the college visits, you know, you've had your races as well, chasing after records. What have you learned the most so far? Um, I think my training a lot has been one goal. Um, you know, I think going through these college visits, you kind of understand more around the world and how people work. Um, I think, you know, like there's been um, just seeing different people's cultures. I think, you know, meeting new people has been really nice. Um, and just, you know, like now you're kind of the top guy, you got to be humble about it. Um, kind of just like kind of set yourself, but also be confident. I think confidence is a really big key in racing. Um, I think confidence is where you show like you, if you're confident enough to go out there and race to win, I think you're confident enough to win a race. And I think you have to have that during races. Um, so I think there's been a lot of changes from last year to this year and I think you gotta um I think I really realized that now to shift gears a little bit to my understanding you're pretty close with your older brother Darius you know you both are kind of you know chasing after those similar running dreams you know just at different points in your lives do you feel like y'all have gotten closer over time and especially you know over the couple of years as you've both begun pursuing those dreams yeah no I think um these past two years two years we've gotten closest we've ever been I think when he was at home he fought a lot um because you know I didn't I wasn't really a full-time runner I was playing soccer so I wasn't really full-time and I think he saw the potential I had and I think it was kind of just like you have potential but you're not using it um and I think we fought a lot about that um and I think you know like kind of living together was a little bit a little bit rowdy but um you know kind of missing each other a lot and like not seeing each other I think kind of shows us like like we really like do like kind of belong together and like we really miss each other and I think you know he also um puts me in my place a lot I think he's a great role model to look up to me uh, I mean to look up to um because he's always shown me you know the my the way of life uh, and I think I really respect that so yeah Devin, you're a really confident guy. Uh, how have you come to sort of – where where's that confidence come from? Um, You know, I think a lot of the confidence is from kind of the culture that came up from um, part of the Collagen tribe. So, you know, I, I do have the genes of, you know, um, Kipchoge is part of our tribe. Kipruto is part of our tribe. Like, we have really good runners, and I think that kind of shows through the genes. I think my brother showed it. Um, my dad was a pretty good runner, um, and I think – you know, it shows to me that like we can we can train, and I think um, we can put forth the effort. And then another thing is training. Training, I'm putting forth the effort. I'm like the last interval. I'm pushing through. Like it hurts, but I'm getting through it um, and not wanting to quit. Um, is bringing my confidence up. Um, kind of just the workouts that I've been doing is just bringing my confidence up. Racing a lot, um, racing to win brings up my confidence. So I think overall, like I think. The more you race to win and you do win, the better you're going to, like, your confidence is going to get for sure. I love that. That's so interesting. Now, I kind of want to go back to the soccer thing because, as you mentioned, it was – I'm assuming it was a huge part of your life. But, you know, how do you – like, what was kind of that decision behind switching from soccer to running? Like, what is your favorite part about running? And just what keeps you going in this sport? Yeah, so I think the big switch was getting me hurt um, kind of just, like, showed me, like, hey – you know, you can get hurt um, in soccer pretty bad, which I did get hurt. And kind of just like I talked to my brother a lot, talked to my family a lot. 
like, you know, I think you could do really good things in running. Um, and I think I just saw the light and I saw McGill in that light. So I kind of just took, um, reached out my hand and he took me and he's kind of just taught me a lot about running um, and taught me a lot. Um, and what was the other questions? I'm sorry. What were the other questions? Like what, what keeps you going in this sport? Like what's your favorite part about running? I think, I think the winning is the biggest part. Um, you know, obviously in cross country, there's only one winner. And obviously you want to be the best you can be. Um, you want to be the best competitor in the, in the country. And I think that's kind of one thing. Um, but also like, just like going on like 12 mile runs helps a lot, you know, it helps clear your mind, no more think about stuff, um, you know, like goes on in your day. Like, let's just say like, you have a bad test. You can really reflect on that um, during your run. Or let's just say you just have something on your mind, like girls or anything like that. Like you can really reflect on that. Um, but yeah, um, it, it helps me a lot. Um, and McGill's kind of always helped me learn a lot of stuff. Um, running mentally, um, you know, just like he's kind of been my best friend, one of my best friends. So I think that's kind of what helped. And I think we have a great relationship. Yeah, that, that's a shout out to your coach, Chris McGill. Uh, and, you know, we, we talked earlier in the season, Devin, I feel like you have like a mentality that not not everybody has. You're able to go out there and put a lot of miles on and sort of accept that. And you kind of you, you like training, you kind of like welcome training. And I think that's yeah. a difficult thing to like you know, not everybody has that ability to kind of go out there and run 50 miles a week, 60 miles a week, or 70 miles a week. So, you know, it takes a special kind of breed. Do you feel like, you know, when you switch from soccer to track, you just something, you know, a, a switch flipped for you and you just had this mindset where you could do these things? I think my mindset is always I wanted to be the best. I think I think that was kind of the big, biggest thing. And Miguel tells me, like, you know, if you want to be a national champion, you have to do like you have to put forth and i think i've always committed to like being one of being one to be the best i think i've always committed to you know like kind of showing myself like to be pushed a lot by myself um and i think that's kind of what helped me a lot um but yeah i mean obviously like doing a lot of miles kind of it hurts but it's also sometimes fun when you're running with my my team you know andrew and rory have been like huge help you know, running with together, I think, you know, JJ and there's a bunch of other guys on our team that like kind of helped me through this, pro like do this running, like they would run like, I'd run like six miles with them and, you know, like they just make my run fun. I think that's kind of a big thing. All right. Now we know you're all in for the sport of running, but I have to ask you my favorite question. Do you prefer cross country or track and why? Uh, that's, that's really hard because I've been, I think it depends on the season. If I'm in cross country season, I I just cross country, but if I'm in track, I'll probably choose track. Um, I think track is a really big thing um, just because everybody runs at the same time. And then there's like different events that you can always try. Like you have the steeplechase, which is like one of my favorite events. You know, it's something new. Um, it's like hurdling and distance, which is really cool. And you got the water jump, um, but you also got the 800, which is a really hard event to the mile, which is, you know, a really popular event. But obviously in cross country, I think that one's kind of, it's kind of been up there a lot lately. Um, just because there's one winner, you know, you guys race the uh, same course. You're not you're not looking at the same thing. You're not going in circles all around. You know, sometimes there's some great scenery that you can look at. Um, just get your mind focused off the race. Um, but yeah, I think like overall, I think a little bit cross country is kind of up there more, just because it's more fun. It's more team oriented. Um, so which is better? That's fair. That's a fair answer there. And now you know, just kind of lastly, another fun question here. 
You know me. I'm all over social media. I'm looking into it. I found your TikTok. What's happening? Tell me about your TikTok, man. Like, what's up with it? <laughs> I haven't been on TikTok in a while. I'm not going to lie. I, I definitely deleted stuff. Um, there was there some interesting stuff. Um, if, if people saw it, they saw it. I definitely got, I, I had like 2 million views on one of my posts from like sophomore year. And like, it exploded. But like, now I've kind of, I've just been off TikTok. Like, you know, like my brother was like, you know, if I showed my coach this, really, like I don't think he would want you anymore. Like I, like those, they made they always. My brother always made jokes about me about my TikTok. So I've been I've been off TikTok for a while. So um, yeah. All right. So Devin deleted some content off of TikTok uh, for good reason. Maybe maybe you you know you got time. You can cultivate it later. Uh, it's been great, Devin. Thank you so much for taking the time to Thank talk you. to us on the show. All right, and uh, he's got a big season ahead, St. Raphael Academy. He's looking for big things. We will see what Devin can do in the coming weeks and months. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment, the week that was. Uh, The best action that took place over the weekend, it it included the Texas District Championships, uh, a lot of them, by the way. Uh, FL Runners Invitational was rescheduled. Miles that.com was going on in Virginia and then the Burnt Hills XC Invitational took some headlines too. So we're going to start with that. And Olivia, I think, you know, what, what do you want to get into now? Well, I would first like to kick things off with the milestat.com cross country invitational that took place here in Virginia. We've been talking about this all week. We talked about it on last week's show. Just the, the, the lineup of co- competitors for this race was just so deep. We saw an amazing performance on the boys and the girls side. I'm going to kick things off with the boys and we can talk about the girls, but Charles Ortman's, we talked about him on the last show, took down such a loaded field. There were five boys that were under 15 minutes on this course. It was Ortman's, Pierre, Adobe, Berkeley, Nance, Quinn Parrish, and Connor Rutherford. And, you know, Charles clocked a 1440 to win the title. But I think what really put Milestack Cross Country Invitational, that meet like really caught my eye. When it came to that girls race, we had the defending champion, Tice Raleigh, featuring Leah Stevens of Good Counsel. And it was just a race all the way down to the finish, but it ended up being Leah Stevens of Our Lady of Good Counsel taking the victory with a 1654 to Tice Raleigh's 1656. They were the only two girls to break 17 minutes for 5K on this course. And Leah broke the the course record that Tice Raleigh set last year. And this is a new personal best for her. So we saw some great competition from, you know, the DMV area here in Virginia, which was quite exciting to watch. Yeah, Olivia, on top of, of that, I think just looking at the overall results of Milestad, it was a, a historic race. I mean, times were faster than they've ever been before. And, you know, there was some debate online whether maybe there was a shortage of the course somewhere. But in, in reality is when we talked to Brandon Miles, it was the best the course has ever looked. It was ideal conditions temperature wise. I mean, the, the, the course itself was pristine. And so you got really great results. And at Paul Green Park, um, two girls, as you said, went under the former record by 31 seconds. I mean, five boys were under 15 minutes. That's crazy when only three had ever done it before. Um, yeah, I think that's insane. Uh, but it just shows you maybe the depth that's happening across the country, not just in Virginia, too. But uh, along with Orbans, I think he answered this the statement. He made a statement. He answered the call. He really has put himself up there with the national contenders. And I, I don't think he's 
really getting the credit that he's due yet, but I think he will based on this performance. I mean, once he shows up somewhere else and people realize how good he is, I think they're they're going to start to sort of change their perception there. And then, um, you know, Leah Stevens, can can you give me a little love? I called that I called that race. <laughs> You did. You, you did. <laughs> no, no, but uh, <laughs> I think race. she she ran phenomenally. Obviously, in the last 400 meters, it was stride for stride with with Thais. So, a uh, really great race there. Um, Ashley, I want to go to you. Um, do you want to move to somewhere else, or you want to comment a little bit more on Milestat? Well, first, I'll comment a little bit more on Milestat. I think it's like I know you. There's like you said, there's some sort of speculation, like you know, about the course. But I think like just. All in all, it's probably that combination of these athletes, especially in October, that fitness is like really up there now. Like after, you know, the kind of the benefits of all of those base miles in the summer and into September are playing out on the course. And then you had the perfect weather and sometimes that can make for the perfect storm. So, hey, it was like a historic day there. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, but now I'm going to go somewhere else. We're going to go down to Florida where we had the Florida Runners Invitational. This meet was pushed back a weekend due to Hurricane Ian. You know, prayers still down to that community down there in Florida. But nonetheless, still teams and athletes showed up and showed out after the setback. The top pilot has to be the Bell and Jesuit Boys program. I mean, they tallied just 23 points in the Elite Boys team race and they dominated the field. 36 second one through five split into 16 10 average there they were led by junior joshua ruiz who was second in 1549 but then even outside of the elite boys race bell and jesuit they took the win in the middle school 3k developmental race and the jason everywhere Bur- yeah. i mean it was just yeah, yeah like it was, they, <laughs> it was like the bell and jesuit show um so that was pretty cool to see and then in the you know going into some of the individual champs in the uh, that elite boys race you had braxton leg of cambridge christian winning in 1546 and the girls elite race you had olivia fraga of our lady of lords in florida who won in 1905 the girls side for the team title you had Oskiola, who had a similar low-scoring affair, um, you know, similar to Bell and Jesuit, they scored 28 points to take the win, three runners in the top five. Yeah, fantastic meet there. Uh, Olivia, I want to go over to you in New York. You have some thoughts here on Burnt Hills. Yeah, absolutely. we got to give some love to our New Yorkers. I'm going to talk about the Burnt Hills Cross Country Invitational. Arguably, this might have been the biggest individual performance we saw this weekend, featuring Carrie Beloga, who honestly has just been on fire she's coming off a 1355 from the manhattan college cross-country invitational just a couple weekends ago this weekend at saratoga spa park she ran a 1626 for three miles and scored a 161 speed rating which is the highest speed rating so far by any girl so far this season she won this race by nearly two minutes so she was just you know, doing her thing, kind of running against the clock here. And just a fun fact that Corey Mall put in the scoop from this past weekend, there have only been two girls who have achieved 160 speed rating, and that was in 2021, while only five did so in 2020 and seven in 2019. So as Corey has mentioned earlier, the national title contenders are typically scoring 165 or higher. And, you know, Carrie Beloga, within reason, is definitely a contender and looks very strong as we kind of wrap up this 2020 cross-country season. Yeah, and and she did that. And I think doing it by herself, winning by, what was it? It was two minutes, I think, here at Burn yep, Hills? two minutes. Yeah, man, it's hard to gauge because you're so good in front of the field. But, like, when you score that type of mark, 
you, you start to realize this person has the potential to win a national title. Do we do we all agree Carrie Bloga has kind of moved up in that pecking order and she's sort of maybe the first one to see, like, maybe maybe she's the contender now? Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. I have to agree with you there. Like, Carrie Beloga, even after running that 1355, my wheels started to turn. I was like, okay, Carrie Beloga is putting something really solid together. And here she, she <laughs> you know, does the same thing, 161 speed rating on, you know, challenging course pretty much by herself in a solo effort. It yeah. just showcases the talent that she has right now and her fitness yeah. level as well. Ashley, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, see, I'm more impressed just with the fact that it was that solo effort. I mean, it was essentially a workout by herself. It wasn't like she had anyone pushing each other. So to get a sort of speed rating and performance like that when, you know, it's just her against the clock, that's really impressive to me. Yeah, for sure. I think it, at, at the Foot Locker Regional is probably her next, well, you know, States obviously is a big race, but at the the regional, she will start to see some of the, the best from the, from that that region. We'll see how she can compete. Um, lastly, from the weekend, Texas started its district championships, and if my math is correct, we had thirty two districts across six classifications. I think we had one hundred and ninety two races across Texas this week. That is insane. The That's great state absolutely. of Texas. Yeah, and we have a photo here of, of the Humphreys, <laughs> Samantha. Humphreys is leading Flower Mound, I think, you know, from from that 6A division. Um, Ashley, you were you, you talked to the Humphreys uh, earlier in the season. What, what are your thoughts of Flower Mound and, and that that duo? Yeah, so earlier in the season, I had a chance to travel up to the Flower Mound Denton area and I got to sit down with them, you know, and kind of talk about, you know, they're juniors now. Obviously, last year they were part of a historic Flower Mound team led by Natalie Cook. Obviously, they lost Natalie Cook this year and now as they're, you know, juniors, like, I was kind of gauging, you know, you know, what were their thoughts going to the season? And by the looks of it, like they told me that they were more confident than ever in themselves. Like they've kind of found this, you know, way to almost like they've put trust in each other almost, which has yeah. internally helped them trust themselves. And so now they're like kind of realizing like, hey, we're, we belong in that national conversation. And I think their results show from that. I mean, they performed really well at Woodbridge. And sure. even without, you know, Natalie Cook at the helm, Flower Mound is still, you know, a top three program in the country and they're leading the way for them. So for sure. Mm -hmm. Before we leave on, on the weekend recap, I kind of want to mention uh, a shout out here to Abby Bass of, of Melissa. She is a high school senior. Uh, she's a phenomenal uh, small school athlete uh, out of out of Melissa High School, and she's had a great year. Uh, just competed in the district championships and really went after it. Um, she's on the left there. But, you know, she recently posted on Instagram that her season was done after districts. And the reason why is because she found out after racing that basically she had broken her foot. Um, she tried to tough it out, tried to grit it out, and got through the race, uh, but then, you know, she got some hard news afterward. I just want to give her kudos because, like, to run through pain, not knowing the certainty of it, it shows you, for, for me, shows someone who's willing to do whatever it takes to, to, to compete, loves the sport. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough break, you know, no pun intended, to, to leave your season like that, but I think she showed a lot of courage to go out there and, and to run through that. I mean, she, she had a great season, too. 1721 for three miles, 1735 for 5K. She was the 15th fastest girl in Texas for, for the, the distance. And she's a, you know, she would have won a state championship in her, in her class. So um, shout out to her. I hope she gets back for, for track season and really um, crushes it. But um, tough break for her. All right. 
So that finishes out the recap for us over the weekend. We're going to move into a little bit of the recruiting uh, mindset here. We're going to have a couple topics on that. We're going to start first with the five biggest commitments over the last week. There's been a lot of them. Uh, Olivia, I'm going to go to you first. Yes, and you guys, there's no particular order with this. It's just, you know, what what we're seeing over the week. And I think for me, one of the biggest commitments to UNC is Noah Brecker of Robinsondale Armstrong out in Minnesota. And I think we all can agree this guy is completely on fire this season. He won the Roy Griak in 1531, which was the second fastest time in history on that course. He continues his undefeated season. And I think the most eye-catching performance was when he clocked a 1457 in early September and became the fourth boy to go sub 15 minutes for 5K on Minnesota soil. So this guy is breaking records in Minnesota, putting out some really fast, strong performances, and he's looking great. So Noah Brecker is heading off to UNC to be a Tar Heel. Great stuff. Ashley? All right, I'm going to a guy who is staying in his home state. I got to go to Brian DeCola of Habro Horsham he, in Pennsylvania. He will be staying in-house at Penn State. He announced his commitment last week. He's one of the best runners in Pennsylvania state history. His most significant national headline came just a couple weeks ago at the Paul Short Run, where he ran course record of 1443. I mean, that's a huge addition for the Nittany Lions this next fall. They're ranked 10th currently in the Mid-Atlantic region in the USTF CCCA coaches poll. And so he's someone that could come in and make an impact for the Nittany Lions, excuse me, early, um, you know, in his career. Yeah, great move there for DeCola. All right. The third recruit here that's committing, I'm going to go with Sydney Sundgren of Buchanan. She committed to Cal Poly, uh, the school which recently found a new head coach, Ryan Van Hoy, really starting to develop his culture a little bit at the school in California, which is um, great academics, uh, you know, great location. The beach is in, you know, pretty close by. Uh, and and they got a great coach now. And I think he's really, you know, coming from Ole Miss, he did a great job developing talent and, and attracting and retaining that talent uh, at the school. Um, Sydney fits a great profile, like profile. I mean, she is one of the better runners in California, uh, but I think she's a little underrated. And I think that kind of athlete can excel with the right kind of coach. You go here with Van Hoy and we'll see what she can do, but I think it's a great move here. Cal Poly gets Sydney Sundgren. That was an interesting thing. And I, like you mentioned, I feel like she's also one of, she's one of the top athletes in California. So I'm really excited to see what she does at Kyle Poly. The next step for me, I had to bring some track into this conversation. You guys track season is literally around the corner before you even know it. And I'm going to highlight Maddox ham of Scottsboro out in Alabama. This guy committed to Virginia tech. So here you have one of the top pole vaulters in the nation. He cleared 18 feet and half of an inch to cap off his indoor season at the Adidas Track Nationals, where he won the title there. He then opened up his 2022 outdoor season with an 18-foot, uh, one-inch PR. He was also the only boy for both the indoor and outdoor seasons to clear over 18 feet in the pole vault. So what a great pick for Virginia Tech. You have the top pole vaulter in the nation heading over to Virginia, which is really exciting for him. Yeah, closing out this segment is Ashley. 
All right, Olivia got her track in there. Now back to the distance <laughs> side. Perhaps one of the more, you know, high profile, maybe a little surprising two commits that we saw last week. We saw Tyrone Gorsey of Crater, Oregon, announce his commitment to the University of Washington. That's a big move for Gorsey. I mean, maybe you would think, like, you know, when you have Oregon and, you know, this, you're around all that and like you have Connor Burns and all that, but he goes to Washington. Sorry, this, what this is saying? this is unconscionable, by the way. Like the fact that yeah. Oregon's best runner isn't even going to go to the mm-hmm. school with the pedigree uh, of Oregon. It's crazy to me that he's picking Washington. It's crazy. See, with, I mean, I, obviously we don't want to speculate, but like maybe in his mind, he's like, you know, trying to find that program where he can kind of come into his own, like as a star. You know, he's not yeah. going to have like you know the Connor Burns and you know, I mean. Oregon already has, you know, a bunch of high-profile athletes, some freshmen too, you know, Larry, Josh Edwards, those types of people. So I think this Washington move is quite interesting. I'll be interested to see how it goes. And, I, you know, he'll be joining William Schneider of Bishop Blanchett, who's um, in Washington as well. So big one there. Yeah, Andy Powell leads Washington. Yeah. Uh, Marika, uh, Marisa Powell, his wife, also uh, director of, of track and field. I mean, they obviously have a track record. Mm-hmm. You know, Oregon gets Schumacher, you know, late charge maybe with some of these top distance recruits. It's, I don't know, I it, it had to come down with a, a relationship with him. Like, what he had probably was a great relationship. You know, we obviously, as you said, don't want to speculate, but relationships are, are the deciding factors in a lot of cases with this and, and what you do with, with coaches. So sure. um, it'll be interesting to see how, he, how it goes because I think, I think Gorzy could end up at, at the end of this year being one of the best distance runners of like the last five years. I mean, he's, he really has that kind of profile. All right, well, that was, that was the commitments. We're going to move on now to our next segment, which is the uncommitted athletes, uh, some of the star pupils that are still deciding their fates in the NCAA world. Uh, here's why a few of them are being coveted by programs. So I'll start this time, and I'm going to go over to Andre Korbmacher, the uh, high hurdle specialist out of Washington. Um, Squalicum, I think, is his high school name, kind of a, a wacky high school name, but he's a star. He reminds me a little bit of, of Trey Cunningham, I think, simply because you know he has the characteristics of a like of a of a, a of a very dominant hurdler. Uh, thirteen thirty-five. I'm sorry, thirteen fifty-three wind dated in the one tens last year. Thirty-six thirty in the three hundred meter hurdles uh, a year ago as well. Those are uh, national elite level performances he won an indoor national title at 60 meter hurdles um and he's just a an athlete that's on the rise if you look at trey cunningham from his junior season uh you know trey ran 1335 and 38 so andre's a little farther ahead in the 300 and he's got a little bit uh room for growth in the 110s but trey ultimately at fsu has developed into one of the best hurdlers in the world andre mm-hmm. has potential in the high school scene at least to develop into one of the best in, in the country so um you know he's got he's going to be a really good catch for for any program that gets him so you know that's that's one guy on the watch list right now what about you olivia mm-hmm. yeah i have to agree with you with andre I, and i love the andre vibes i get like he just seems like this really interesting cool kid um and so i'm excited to see once he makes his commitment where he decides to go next up for me we just Spoke with him. He was our interview of the day. Kevin Kipiego of St. Raphael Academy out in Rhode Island. Just kind of looking at his list right now. He has Iowa State that he's looking into, University of Washington, Oregon. He just told us earlier he just came back from Kentucky. This is a guy that has just progressed so much in his high school career. He became the third 
Rhode Island runner to break 15 minutes for 5K. He's a four flat miler, 151 guy in the 800, state record holder from the 800 all the way up through the 3K. Like this is this is a guy that like really has just really showcased himself. And even through the interview that we just had with him, he's showcased like, hey, he has a very big goal. He wants to be the best. He's putting in the effort to do so. So this is going to be a guy that I think could really, really make a difference at some program. Definitely. All right, Ashley, what do you got next? All right, I have our silent talk. I have to say, Simeon Birnbaum has to be probably <laughs> one of these top uncommitted athletes right now, especially when you look at on you know the guy's distance side. He probably is the top uncommitted athlete left on the board. And, I mean, what else is there more to say about this guy? I mean, he's a sub-four-miler, an elite ex, you know, cross-country talent. He has a 14.47 5K best from earlier this season. And, you know, I also feel like Birnbaum is kind of the type where he just seems so laser focused, too, that, you know, especially when you're going into the college level, that maturity level, to already have that can help you make that transition as a freshman so much easier. So I think he's a guy that it could translate really well, you know, going into college, and he's going to be a top grab for a lot of these college coaches out there. One of the interesting things with, with Simeon and recruiting, too, is when we last did our 2023 recruit list top 50 recruits uh, we did it before Simeon really broke out so he's not even in our top 50 now but we are going to redo that list before national signing day or right after it so I would imagine he's going to be right there in the top 50 you know where we don't you know he's going to be somewhere but he will be on the list <laughs> all right uh, I, I'm going to go with Madison White Madison White of, of Heritage Lynchburg of just awesome person uh, first and then athlete as well um, I did speak with, you know, her mom recently, and uh, Madison is keeping things pretty close to the vest as far as her options are concerned. I mean, she's going to reveal everything after her last visit. She's going on all of them. Uh, but you can be sure that they're all big schools with a lot of pedigree. And and, and there's the reason why they're recruiting Madison. Madison went 11-6-3 in 100, 23-3-0 for 200, and 54-71 for 400 outdoors. Indoor seven five nine for the sixty, twenty three six six for the two hundred, thirty seven seven for three hundred and one eighteen for five hundred. She is a great relay um, teammate too. You know, we saw her at Adidas Indoor and she was rolling with some of those relays and really phenomenal athlete that can take the stick and just go and, and win races for you. I know Olivia and I uh, were at uh, Virginia Beach this past year, actually this year. And um, we saw her and, you know, there were some coaches. Dwayne Ross was on the sideline watching as Madison White was was dueling it out with Micaiah Holland. It was fun to watch, but um, she's going to be one, I think, to watch out for, you know, pretty soon. Olivia, yeah, I think you're going to very uh, Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see where Madison White goes. And like you said, she's kind of keeping it close to home. So that's going to be interesting for her. The, the final athlete that I would love to dive into is, of course, a big – well-known girl that we've just seen throughout the indoor and outdoor season, Shanti Jackson of Wakefield. I thought of Ashley in North Carolina. I'm not going to go through all Shanti's resume. You guys get the picture. Like this is a girl that wherever she decides to go could really make a difference. And she's just the, one of the top, one of the top returning sprinters this year, national indoor record holder in the 60 meters currently holds the number five all time 200 meter performance of 23 23 back from 2021 again this is from indoor 
Corey and I had the chance to witness this live where she ran the number two all-time 300 meters, 36.95, just behind Sydney McLaughlin's 36.82. She's a multiple-time North Carolina state champion. Like, the resume just keeps going on and on and on. As you saw, she announced her top six schools, which include Florida, Texas, Arkansas, Georgia, the University of Southern California, and Texas Tech. So it's going to be an interesting pick. I know she's going to take all of her visits um, and then, you know, by signing day, we should know yeah. where she's going. So it's going to be a really interesting pick for her as well. She got a gold, a silver, and a bronze at World U20. She was part of the 4x4 four yep. four team, I think, that won gold. And it ran, I think she ran 11-1-7, I believe, in the 100, win legal in, in Columbia, somewhere around there, which is just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing. So, yeah, Shanti's a, our number one recruit on the Miles Put 50, top 50 recruits. All right, our next little segment on recruiting. We really have to evaluate right now the top classes who have succeeded and gotten commitments. You know, this is going to change over the next month, uh, potentially, but already we're starting to see which ones are really driving home some of these recruits. And we're going to start with Ashley here. What's, what's, your, what's one of the programs that really have succeeded? Yeah, you know, first I kind of want to give kudos to UNC, you know, UNC Chapel Hill. They've really been building, you know, power, you know, national powerhouse programs as of late, you know, just I can remember just years ago when they were kind of, you know, toward the bottom of just the ACC conference. And now they are rising up, you know, getting a lot of these young guys and building up these recruiting classes and, you know, Got a shout out to Chris Millenberg, you know, who came from Stanford and has really elevated this program. This next recruiting class is no different. You have Kiara O'Shea, Joseph Pone, Noah Brecker, Jacob Laney, who's from North Carolina, and then some top Cuthbertson and Sprint guys and Killian Fahey and Reese Morgan. And so I think a lot of, you know, especially on the distance side, I look at people like Kiara O'Shea, who I really feel like she fits in really well with, you know, the Bryn Browns and the Sasha Naglias and... Um, you know, Sapone and Brecker with, you know, the the Parker Wolf-led squad. And I think they're really building something there in Chapel Hill. I agree with you. All right. The, the next program on the list here for me is Notre Dame. Notre Dame just lost their XC coach, uh, Carl, Sean Carlson, to Tennessee. So they're, they're developing maybe a different culture with the new, new set of coaches there in charge. But they're still getting recruits. Notre Dame is a great school overall. So you're, you're generally going to get, get great students. Uh, but the XC program in particular has been really good. Um, they won a DMR championship, I think, pretty recently, too. I mean, so Kevin Sanchez was one of the, the first gets for them. Uh, he's from Austin Vandegrift, and he's uh, you know a Texas State champion uh, looking for more success this year. Brody Hartley, underrated guy from Walla Walla, uh, Washington, a really good distance recruit. I think he'll fit into that corpse there that they're trying to build depth with. Um, on the girls' side, they got Reagan Riley from Alabama. Uh, Mountain Brook uh, star that's really going to drive home this year. And then Gretchen Farley from Indiana, from Park Tudor. She, she along with Sophia Kennedy, uh, have, have had a really great last two years of, of high school cross country. So those four recruits, really, really good for Notre Dame, and they're building something good out there. I love you. All right. Next up for me, I I remember last year around this time, Corey and I were like, Getting announcements from Riley Stewart, Roisin Willis, Juliet Whitaker, Ava Parekh. It almost seemed like 
it, it just kept dropping. <laughs> the Stanford Cardinal bomb just kept on dropping. And you guys, I think it's still continuing this season. They have just continued to excel when it comes to recruiting these distance runners. We have Irene Riggs, who's going to be joining this squad, Madison Schultz, Sophia Kennedy, Kate Peters with Kate with a C, um, and then Lex and Leo Young. Like it's going to be huge. It's, I feel like last year I was asking Corey, I was like, does it get better than this? Like, can Stanford get any better than this? Just knowing all the recruits that they're coming in. And sure enough, like here they are once again, just grabbing the top distance runners in the nation. And, you know, Stanford's looking to become a really strong powerhouse within the next couple of years or so. And they're looking strong now too. Yeah. 12.6 scholarships available for cross country teams, 18 for, for females across those three sports. So, you know, not all the people who are committing are getting full rides. So maybe they're academically they're on top of things and they, maybe they're getting some academic money. But like, I think it it's commendable that you're getting these recruits, you know, when you can't really offer the full, like, I can't, I can't see everyone getting full rides here. Right. They just had a great class last year. So you kind of have to uh, manage it in a way that's uh that fits. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's been great. Ashley. Got one from from home, North Carolina. I was going to say, I feel like I'm on this North Carolina <laughs> theme here. Mentioned UNC earlier. I have to say, Wake Forest, guys, like they're doing something incredible down there in Winston-Salem. If you look at their recruiting class for, um, you know, 2023, especially the guys' distance side, like it's freaking loaded. You got Rocky Hansen, Hunter Jones, Wesley Shipsy, Aiden Ross, Ty Garrett. And then on the girls' side, they have Alyssa Prisano from Cudberson. I mean – Especially when I look at that that guy's distance side, like, my goodness. Like, I think, you know, two of them are ranked in the top five of our Miles Split 50 rankings right now. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. And, I mean, you know, they're also, you know, as a program, Wake Forest, as, you know, just within the past couple of years, has really elevated their game. You know, last year they qualified and ran at NCAAs for the just the second time since twenty or 2001, and they placed 10th. And right now they are, you know, they're ranked, um, you know, very highly within the, you know, the coaches polls and could be a top five program this year, NCAAs. And I mean, hey, if you throw in all these guys and develop them really yeah. well, maybe the national title contender in a couple of years. Who that, knows? That is a really scary. I know that's a really cl- hot take. That's a really scary class. I, I, I would argue it might be the best at this point for the yeah. men. I would argue that for sure. And the last one, I think Oregon maybe makes a claim to all around because they get Lily Critch, who's a top 10 recruit. Kate Peters from Oregon, top 10 recruit. Connor Burns, top 10 recruit. I mean, these are all legitimate stars. You got Connor Burns right there on the screen. Connor ran a sub four mile. Lily Critch is just crushing it in cross country. Uh, Katie Klute's another one from um, Ohio, a really, really good uh, XC athlete that um, might surprise some people this year. Um, there's no better way to improve a, uh, you know, a roster than get some firepower and add it to your, what you already have built. So I think this is firepower for Oregon. And, you know, this past year they had a really good class too. They got Reinhard Harrison, um, you know, uh, or Josh Edwards. Uh, and I think, I think what they're trying to build, they're going to attract some really good talent and Oregon could be scary again, I think within the next couple of years. But they're going to have some challengers because, um, I mean, it's getting it's got hot out there with with the commitment season. All right, um, 
that was a, a solid segment. Uh, we're going to forward now into a little bit more NCAA action. Uh, just happened uh, on Friday was the Nutty Comb Invitational. And a lot of people say it's the prelude to nationals. It had over 20 nationally ranked teams. I mean, it really gives you an indication of how teams might place come nationals. So we're going to we're going to throw it to underclassmen who have performed well and we've you know kind of talked about these these athletes in in recent years um olivia we'll go to you first what are some of your thoughts from nutty comb and some of these underclassmen performers yes let's talk about the women's race first and then we can have conversation about it but there was a two there was two races for the women's there was a b race and an a race i was really impressed just to see you know we, we were talking before the show about byu byu won the b race followed by new mexico then stanford then wisconsin and Again, I just talked about Stanford when it came when it came to the recruiting class, and you can just see the underclassmen really just elevating themselves and really putting themselves into the mixture. You had Nicola Hogg, uh, who was 15th in the B race. Ava Parekh was 25th. Caroline Wells, who was originally from Florida, was 40th. And they were all the scoring freshmen in this field. So that was quite exciting to just see them kind of you know, really challenged themselves in that B race. But when it came to that A race, of course, we saw Caitlin Tui, which we're all a huge fan of, really take control of it. But again, UNC's Bryn Brown looked very solid. She was a sophomore who finished 19th overall with the time of 2013. Riley Stewart, another athlete, a freshman from Stanford, was a huge contributor for that team. She finished 76 overall. Sydney Throvaldson and Maya Cochran, who represent Arkansas, finished 78th and 80th overall. And then Jenna Mulhern, who's also a freshman now for Furham, was in that top 200. So a lot of those freshmen and sophomores really put themselves out there in that women's race. And um, I think it just shows as the years kind of go on for these young talents that they can really contribute in other ways as well as they move forward in their college careers. Yeah, I think I think the B was like developmental uh, for athletes looking to make their way into that 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 varsity or that top squad, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the the championship race or the A race, I guess, here is is kind of what we were looking at, and really is going to give the indication for nationals. I mean, it was kind of crazy to see on the women's side of things, there weren't a lot of freshmen that were placing in the top no. really hundred, and typically you see that you see some really game changers as freshmen, women coming in. You know, one I, I looked at was Dahlia Frias of, of Duke. She was the second best freshman in this the race, and she was 67th. Um, so it goes to show the depth that's there in NCAAs right now. But Dahlia getting an opportunity to run for Duke and really doing well. I think she held her own. She she finished the 6K course in time of 2037. Um, I think that's really solid from a girl who dominated last year in high school uh, cross country. And um, the secondary on the secondary kind of storyline here is uh toledo women we talked a lot about toledo you know in the in the recruiting cycle last year and what they were doing to bring in some some recruits you know a little under the radar but they were building something solid and they weren't ranked before this race they were in the receiving votes end uh on the national rankings and uh, andrea grove mcdonough who's their head coach went on instagram and she's like we just beat, we finished 12th or whatever, and we, we beat all these national ranked teams. So, like, give us some notice now. And I think they've re- they've moved up their their region as a result of that. And I think Toledo women really made a statement at, at Nutty Comb. Uh, Ashley, do you, what are your thoughts here on the, on the women's side of things? Yes, I first off, love the underdog storyline, Toledo. That was really cool to see. Staying again and kind of like some of those more surprising team finishes. New Mexico, I mean, they tied NC State there, the women. You know, I feel like, 
going into this season, there was a lot of talk about, like, is this NC State women's team one of the best women's teams ever in NCAA history? Well, obviously, it showed at Nuttycomb that they aren't, you know, untouchable. I mean, they both scored 80 points, came down to a tiebreaker, also showed, you know, down to their fifth runner, basically NC State's fifth runner, I think, finished less than a second ahead of New Mexico's. And I mean, that just shows, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> cross country is just a game of placement. Yeah. Like, it can come down, mm-hmm. especially in a, obviously, it shows, too, like, just how loaded, like, the NCAA is right now that, you know, all the, there's so many elite people and then it can come down to fractions of a second. And so, but it does show that, you know, NC State isn't invincible. Um, so shout out to New Mexico there. In terms of underclassmen stars, I think Olivia hit it on the head there with, you know, Bryn Brown was someone that I really found interesting. She finished 19th here in this field, you know, last year as a freshman, she finished 65th at the NCAA cross country championships, but has been steadily improving for the Tar Heels. Um, she was just coming off a 6K PR from the Paul Short run of 1938.9 for six there. And so I think she's really proving that she's a leader for the Tar Heel squad. One, la- one last mention. We just got to shout her out. Caitlin Tui. Woo! Caitlin mm-hmm. Tui, star of mile splits for so many years. Uh, you know, she won the 5K at NCAA Outdoors last year. And uh, I think she has a shot to win NCAAs mm-hmm. this year in cross country. Also Camille, too, did awesome. Yeah. I mean, that one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's that's scary. Let's move over to the, to the guys race, and I'll just sort of take on a little bit of the storylines here. It's been talked about over the last couple of days. I mean, you know, you could go anywhere to 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 view some of the recaps and the analysis. You know, let's run whomever, flow track, whatever the the podcast. Um, we're separated from the meet, so you know, some of those storylines have been identified. Stanford, you know, really looks good. NAU, uh, BYU, they look good. I want to talk about Colin Solomon. Uh, Colin Solomon was the uh, star pupil, the recruit out of Newberry Park. Um, he was Gatorade National Player of the Year in, in cross country and um, got his first, you know, dip of, of of cross country here at 8K and he ran 23.50. He placed 60th. And I think, you know, in a so Mike Smith puts him in this situation. He believes that Colin can can produce but i think part of this is the learning process too in such a pressurized uh atmosphere this really is a, a pre-nationals to some of these guys i mean you got to put them on the fire and see how they do and i think you know colin at 60th um he was their fifth scorer but i think this is a good starter for him and i think i i really believe that like we're gonna get to see much more of colin come ncaa's i think he's He's going to step the game up. And he went on Instagram afterward and said, hey, this was a great first test for me. And um, I'm really ready to see what's ahead. So really proud of that guy to really uh, succeed. And then uh, the next guy I wanted to shout out is Parker Wolf. I think, um, Livy, you mentioned him earlier. This dude is a stud. Uh, I'm a big fan of Parker Wolf. He's been killing it since his freshman year. Uh, he was the running lane champ in 2020 in that first year of that race. I mean, one of the toughest runners I think I've, I've ever seen. He, he has no fear. And um, he finished sixth in this race. So I think he has a shot to, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he wins NCAAs, but he definitely has a shot to to place top 10 and and do well. So proud of that guy. Ashley, let, let's go to you for, for the men's. Yeah, you know, some of those interesting storylines I was looking at. I, I'm going to go to the team side first, actually, kind of one of those more underdog stories. I want to talk about Air Force for a minute because I was looking through. I mean, I feel like I've. 
I love live results. I have to say, I like looking through all the different like splits at every like, you know, mat. And so I was looking at, you know, the team finishes at, you know, 2K, 4K, 6K, and then the finish, you know, 8K. And I noticed that like Air Force as a squad, like they moved up so well throughout the race. It was kind of insane. So at the 2K mark, they were 23rd in the team race. By 4K, they were 10th. At the 6K, they were 6th. And then they finished 4th overall. I mean... Like that kind of like racing where you right. aren't putting yourself, you know, out there on the line early on, but you trust yourself and you trust your training enough in your squad to pick people off as other people start dying throughout the race. Like that's just a whole nother kind of mentality in racing that a lot of teams and programs just don't have the confidence to do. And so I think that was a really interesting storyline on the guy side that I saw. Um, but then, you know, looking to the, you know, this kind of underclassman storyline here, one that I really wanted to point out is Dylan Schubert. He's a sophomore at Furman, which is out there in Greenville, South Carolina. Just his second time ever under 24 minutes for 8K. He takes 12th here in this elite field. He's part of a Furman program that has really developed over the years, you know, with some, um, you know, bigger names like Cameron Ponder and such. And they've been sending teams to nationals. He is from Loveland, Colorado. He went to Thompson Valley High School. He was 14th at Team Nationals as a high school senior. Only broke 15 minutes once for 5K in high school. Now he's out here running with the elite guys in NCAA. So I think that's pretty cool. Olivia, why don't you finish it off here? Yeah, to just kind of finish it off, I think what was exciting for me, I know we just talk about underclassmen, how like they're how they're finishing. I thought what was quite interesting for this men's side is the top four finishers were all sophomores. You had Kai Robinson, um, who ran really, really well. And like just kind of looking at the the final scores, we had Stanford with the win over BYU. And in that pack, they had their top four runners as well for Stanford were all underclassmen. You had Kai Robinson, Charles Hicks, Cole Sprout, Devin Hart. And they all finished within the top 15, which I thought was quite impressive. But the top freshman, Isaiah Sturry, I remember just watching him compete at last year's East Bay Cross Country Championships. And here he is finishing 28th at Nettycombe. And like I mentioned, for he's from Notre Dame, but again, the top freshman to finish. And then, as Corey mentioned earlier in the show, Josh Edwards of Oregon had a 131st finish with 24 minutes and 15 seconds there. So I think it's quite interesting to see how these boys differentiate between the girls. And just like just to note, like the sophomores kind of leading the charge here. It's yeah. going to be exciting next yeah. three years for sure. I know Josh Edwards talked about before he graduated, like his one goal getting into Oregon was getting on that that top seven being able to contribute to that team at, at nationals. I think that's a, I, I agree with you with there. That's a great example of him, you know, kind of stepping up and, and trying to, to get on that squad. All right. We're going to move on to a, a segment we've done before. And it, it's a fun one. We're going to compare current high school athletes to maybe their current NCAA counterparts. Um, just to see sort of what kind of similarities they may have to, to one another. Olivia, we're going to start with you first. Yeah, so I had the honor of diving deeper between Kiera O'Shea and Emily Covert. I thought this was a really interesting comparison, just looking at what Kiera has already has done in her high school career. She started out to really shine as a junior, and she's just continued to do that this senior year. 
She's dominated, like completely dominated the state of Kentucky. She's been winning every cross-country state individual title since she was an eighth grader. So here she is coming one more time, and she's looking to defend that cross-country title there. Last year, she finished 26th at the East Bay Cross-Country Championships, and this year she is a strong contender when it comes to that national title. Now, to kind of compare her to Emily, Emily started to really shine her junior season as well in Minnesota in high school. She was a cross-country state champion in 2017 and 2018 she finished 77th at the team nationals and ninth at footlocker as a junior and then the following year she was fourth at team nationals and was fifth at footlocker she now is a current athlete at the university of colorado and as a sophomore which was during the 2020 season she finished 16th at the pac-12 championships and 96th at the ncaa's and then last year she was 10th at the mountain region championships and clocked us 6k personal best of 1951 at the ncaa championships where she finished 31st overall so this season she looks really strong she was 29th at nunnycomb and had a season best right now of 2045 for 6k so i think that was a quite interesting comparison just the, the growth of emily even from where she was in high school to what she's doing now at the university of colorado and i think kira o'shea is kind of on that same path of just progression and really putting herself out there as well awesome Ashley, who do you got? All right. So I compared Cole Sprout to Rocky Hansen, my man, Rocky Hansen. <laughs> you know, I feel like we kind of talked about when we were, you know, kind of going over, you know, how are they so similar? They're both kind of like these surprising, sneaky star talents almost, and they race like with complete just guts you know yeah, like they d- yeah that's cole had guts for sure yeah. his last high school year yeah yeah and i mean you know just kind of looking at some of the stats sprout he ran 14 16 for 5k as a senior seventh at team nationals as a senior third as a junior 21st as a sophomore he was a 402 miler during his last uh, track season in high school during the covid year hansen he currently has a 1420 pr for 5k he's a four flat miler and both at the tops of the their games in their respective states, Colorado with you know Valor Christian and Cole, and um, you know North Carolina for Rocky Hansen here, and you know they're both that kind of guy. They're going to put themselves in that position to go all out, and it's you know, hey, they're going to put everything on the line to hopefully you know come away you know with a PR or a new course record or you know meet win like whatever it is. And I think our guy Frank from you know Milesplit Georgia on you know our latest trackish segment was like. You know, because he, he saw Rocky race at Alexander Asics Invitational where he ran that 1420, which yeah. is, you know, U.S. number one right now. He was like, man, that guy was running like crazy. Like, he was putting it all out there. And so I think that comparison to Cole is, like, pretty good. I One thing about Cole in his final year, he had a lot of pressure, I think, yeah. to perform following the third place mm-hmm. at Nationals. People kind of believed him. He was going to be a one guy who could win along with Nico Young. And it was that filled a pressure season for it's a little kind of different pressure for Rocky, but I think with the success of his outdoor season, like he, it's honestly the same pathway. Like he almost feels like he needs to perform at that level. So he's kind of putting some of that expectation on himself. Would you agree at all? Kind of. Yeah. To be, to be honest, I think he's almost just like, he's just so dedicated to his craft almost. And now it's more just like every race is like, Hey, it's a fun opportunity to just like, see the results of all my yeah. hard training and stuff. So I feel like it's like a – it's more the internal pressure a little bit, but not, not yeah. even pressure. Like, I feel okay. like he's just having fun with it. Okay. So, yeah. Run hard, race hard. 
Exactly. <laughs> the new mantra. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, we're going to go to our last uh, cop here. We're going to go with Sage Wild of Liberty North, Missouri. Comparing him to Bob Liking of Wisconsin, who finished uh, fourth at the uh, Nutty Comb Invitational recently. I believe it was fourth. Um, so can we put pictures up of these two? I was amazed at how similar they actually <laughs> look to one another. Sage Wild and Bob Liking. Uh, we'll get them up eventually. But like Bob, Bob was an interesting case study because he was a runner of the pandemic era. He graduated in 2020. Um, and I don't think we really, so that's Bob right there on the screen. I don't think we really got to see like the best of him in those competitive situations. Um, he was six at his Illinois state championships and, and, uh, ran 1423 for three miles, which is super elite, uh, picked up five wins over a season and he qualified for full locker where he finished 24th. No one would, I mean, he, he's a, a good recruit, but no one probably would be like, Hey, this guy is a, a, you know, a top-level NCAA runner who could potentially be a top-five finisher at NCAAs, which he is potentially this year after that that finish at Nuttycomb. Sage Wild, I think, is kind of similar because last year as a sophomore, kind of still build, building and growing. This year is his breakthrough year. Uh, he only ran 427 for 1600 last year, 922. So what we're seeing now is basically the transformation of Sage Wild. And I think once he gets to uh, a bigger level, we could see how that kind of unfolds. But second to Connor Burns at Gans Creek and Chili Pepper. Um, and I think he's really kind of a promising prospect who's going to develop into one of the best guys in the country. But he could be underrated like Bob Liking and Ultimately, once he gets to college, that could serve him well. So um, I like the comparisons there between our guy Bob and Sage. All right. Last segment of the day. We're going to end with the National Meet of the Week, which we are going to make actually the two Utah State Championships, which are Tuesday, October 25th. Uh, they're going to be held at the Regional Athletic Complex in Salt Lake City, Utah. And... Um, you know, the, the national storylines story abound here in the 6A race, which features four potential team championship contenders in Harriman, Lone Peak, American Fork, and Riverton. Which team will win? Now, you can be the judge. Text OTL to 31032 to make your pick. I want to get into this first with, with Olivia. We'll go into the girls. Actually, let's stick on the guys. We'll stick on the guys. Olivia, go to the guys <laughs> first. What are your thoughts here on this big race? Gosh, it's going to be a really big matchup. I had a chance, well, Josh Ornalis at the Mile Split Utah really broke down the 6A race, and it came to, like, the top contenders, when we look at the boys, you got Daniel Simmons, Spencer Bradshaw, Jaron Hartsthorn, so it's going to be a close one. When it comes to Daniel Simmons of American Fork, as we have already talked about him earlier on the show, he's a transfer from Idaho, and this junior is looking to earn his very first Utah cross-country title in a his first Utah title overall because it's his first year there. He ran a 14.31 for 5K at the Utah Pre-State Cross Country Meet. Again, from Farmington, you have Spencer here who finished second to Daniel at the 5A, 6A divisional race last week. Jaron Hartsthorn of Lone Peak, he, he's your top returner though. So from last year's race, he finished second overall. And when it comes to this guy's title, I, it's going to be interesting. I honestly think that Harriman is going to be the favorite to win this 6A title. I think what really put them out on the map was their most imp 
because this is one of their most impressive seasons in Utah State history. They won the Woodbridge cross country meet over several ranked programs. That has to give them a boost going into you know, the state championships next week. But of course we talked about American Fork is going to challenge them. Farmington's going to challenge them. Riverton, Corner Canyon, Sky Ridge, just to name a few, are going to be teams to definitely look out for when it comes to this title. But when it comes to the individuals and going after that team title, it's going to come down to the wire. And Ashley, as she preaches about every show, it's always about the placement too. So make sure you get all five guys in as quickly as possible because that could be the deal breaker, especially in Utah. Yeah, it will. And um I think it'll be closer than most people realize here. I mean, Harriman, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure hasn't lost since Woodbridge. They've they've been on an upward trajectory since then. Region championships, Region Three, they beat Riverton by just seven points, uh, fifteen thirty six average for Harriman at Regions, beating Riverton. American Fork in their Region Four championship lost to Lone Peak by two points. This past week, they ran divisionals. American Fork kind of re-upped it there and, and won uh, the 6A race at divisionals. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting race. Harriman has sort of put the, their f- uh, front foot forward uh, with everything mm-hmm. that they've done. But, like, as we've seen at the, the Utah State Championship course, like, they, they, they run hard, but it's – it's like a different race. It really is. I mean, things could change dramatically uh, when you have so much talent on the line there. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow I would say either I would I would pick American Fork, I think, potentially surprising here over Harriman. But I'll give it like a 30 percent chance. I, I think Harriman <laughs> wins. But I think if, if I had to pick anybody else, I think American Fork could surprise here. I was going to say, yeah, American Fork's kind of intriguing. Like, if you look, especially I feel like if, if Danny Simmons, like, goes off, like, yeah. has, like, this crazy day and, like, all the guys behind him are, like, yeah. super encouraged by that, then, like, yeah, I think they can do they it. They need but... more than Dan to, yeah, to do, do well. That's yeah. that's what's going to matter. Mm-hmm. They yep. really need that pack. A- any yeah. other thoughts from the 6A race, Ashley? I mean, yeah, I think even just – even looking on the girls' side, I feel like American Fork as a program is really interesting and, you know – Maybe they sweep as a program, the 6A titles. You never know. But, you know, overall, I think I want to touch, you know, to touch back on, you know, at Utah State's, you know, kind of like anything can happen. Earlier in the season, I spoke with Jane Hednegren of Tim Few. She's a sophomore. Um, and, you know, she kind of talked about, you know, just to that whole idea of like in Utah, what makes it so special across countries. Like you can tell the line on like any given day and it's like, you know, you never know like who's going to show up in like one any given race because just right. everyone's so good and all these teams are so talented. And, you know, the state meet is probably the pinnacle for all this to go down. So, yeah, I, I, I think Olivia and, and and you both have some thoughts on the five air race because we've been talking about Payson and Liam all year long. <laughs> I mean, what what are you want to get into this a little bit? Uh, Olivia, if you want to start here on the five air race. We, we cannot continue without talking about Liam and Taysen. This has been the talk all season, Corey, the matchup. Yeah. It's it, yep. this time it's for the state title. We've seen them week after week. I feel like they've already raced each other a handful of times. And I feel like Taysen might have the slight edge when it comes to the advantage of like who, the head to head matchups, yeah. but yeah. it's going to come down to the wire. Now Taysen was second last year to, and Liam was fourth. Sam Henson, who finished third last year, will also somewhat be in this mix. He won the Region 5 Cross-Country Championships where he clocked a 14.57. But I think one of the bigger storylines going into the 5A races, who's going to win this state title between Liam, Taysen, 
And then you have Sam that's also going to be in the mix. But Ashley, what are your thoughts on on this boys 5A race? Yeah, it's like the the rival. Well, the friendly rivalry is finally coming to <laughs> its Yeah, because they're bros. They're bros, I know, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really surprised by that because I feel like if I was in that situation, I would like hate the other person and be like super competitive. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think... I was looking back. It looks like I think they've competed against each other five times already this season. I think Taysen's won mm-hmm. four of those matchups. Liam got the best of him one time. But yeah. also, like, those races were separated by, like, just fractions of a second at some time. Yeah. So, like, I mean, they're pretty evenly matched. And, like, you know, obviously Liam has shown, like, hey, he can beat Taysen on any given day because he's done it before. Yeah. And it's the Utah State mean anything can happen. Well, the, the, the one, I think – factor here to keep in mind too is like mountain view um yeah you know they are the favorite mm-hmm. in 5a too liam has that to lead mountain view to a state title I, I think they're pretty locked in the one thing you just don't want is anyone blowing up uh mm-hmm. so it's like i don't know Taysen can use that to his advantage because he i think actually orem is is up there too so both of them have to be you know reliable for their teams um and if they go kind of like you know, mano a mano, and somebody just sort of falters at the end. Uh, that could have, uh, uh, I think, some impact on on the team standings. But overall, I think we're just going to see another heavyweight uh, matchup there. Uh, one last race to get into is the six A girls race. Um, uh, we already kind of discussed American Fork a little bit, but Olivia, did you want to add anything to that conversation? Yeah, Avalon Meacham, I think, is going to look pretty solid going into the state championship. She was second last year. And she goes in with a, a a personal best of 17.02, which she ran at the Garmin Running Lane Cross Country Championships. But American Fork just looks pretty solid. Uh, yeah. I think Ashley really did a great job touching on it. I think, you know, Avalon Meacham just kind of leading the pack there. I think they're kind of in the hunch for that team title. Absolutely. A lot of content you can find on Utah Mile Split. We're going to do some stuff here on Mile Split USA as well. Uh, stay tuned for National Main of the Week, Utah State Championships. Uh, that has been this week's show ladies uh, anything else to add i mean olivia was talking about alaska daily the abc show that she's watching any other you know the thoughts what, what's what do you get into in your personal lives <laughs> yeah that's my show right there okay i'm starting to like it it's really interesting and i don't know if you guys know this but going to alaska is on like my bucket list so oh, okay i'm like oh i really want to go to alaska now you know the journalism in alaska it's I, like interesting. It. I like it i like it I need for Ashley to hop on the show, though, because I know, Corey, you watch it, too. I will. So. I've seen I will. the first two episodes, yeah. It looks very good. I've heard, obviously, from y'all, it sounds very good, but I've seen the commercials. The commercials are <laughs> <All> very, <laughs> like, intriguing. All right. Before we leave, Ashley, ACL ratings out of five. What, what do you give it? ACL. Mm. Mm. Like a 4.5. Oh, okay. I can't ever give a per- – I feel like oh, I can wow. give a perfect five, but, like, it was fun. Like, Red Hot Chili Peppers were good. However, they didn't play the full two hours, which was, like, kind of lame. Bummer. But- yeah, but they were definitely the best act. Like, they were jamming. For sure. All right. Well, that's been On the Line Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday here at Mile Split. Talk to you soon.